0: Welcome to The Shit Show.
1: Oh hi, I'm sorry, I didn't see you there. That's totally awkward random.
0: Kia ora, everybody. I am joined uh, for this week's episode of The Shit Show by someone that you already know, you already love, You're going to be seeing a bit more often if um, this person doesn't get scared away by this week's ep. We've got slam dunk i don't know if we can keep slam dunk
1: yeah i, I mean i that, I think that's one of the things that's scaring me off is I, my my uh tortured relationship with my sobriquet
0: what's a sobriquet it's
1: like a nickname it's a fancy french word for nickname and
0: that is also a really good um example of how this podcast when slam dunk when dunk is on here is going to go it's going to be good for both of us because he's going to say things that i don't get like squish often does and then i will be like and what's that? And then Dunk, with all his years of knowledge, gets
1: Just weighing me down. <laughs> gets
0: to gets to explain it. Um Dunk, do you wanna introduce yourself to the people again?
1: Kia ora, I'm Duncan Grave. I am the founder of the Spin Off, yep. which is a kind of current affairs and culture website from New Zealand. I do some. I do quite a bit of podcasting, and here's a really
0: good one called The Fold about the New Zealand media industry, or like actually tech as well, media tech, fun they're, stuff. They're just.
1: The, it's all just shrink It's all just draining down the same hole. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and uh, until and the what, last drops out, then I'll be here.
0: <laughs> and then, what's your other podcast?
1: It's called The Real Pod. It's about reality TV, and we're heading into like the primest season. Love Island started. Yesterday, Married at First Sight Australia, <laughs> just iconic show. And uh, one of our my co-hosts, Jane Yee, is actually on uh, Celebrity Treasure Island, which is a, a New Zealand reality show. So, look, it's it's a busy time.
0: So that's one thing about Dunk is he loves reality TV. Loves it. Loves pop music.
1: Loves pop music. Loves pop
0: music, which is great because there's three of us in the room right now. Also, our producer, Samuel. And we all have this like gorgeous Venn diagram of... Um, like of music that we love. So in the middle, there's like Samuel was telling me he's really into Ethel Kane and he loves Carly Rae Jepsen and we're talking about Caroline Polachek and there was just there's just a great energy in this room right now of people that I know all love similar shit. I don't actually know what I'm wanting you to do with that, but maybe go and listen to some of the artists. Just appreciate yeah, it. Just appreciate it.
1: It's a, but it is something that I feel like like I didn't know that about you, but I could. I'm just gesticulating at mm-hmm. Samuel here, but I could have guessed it. And now that I know it, I just feel even more secure when I'm around you.
0: And I do have to say a quick anecdote that's not mine. And you don't even know Samuel, but he is um, a legend. And he just told me the story before we got on mic. He said he had a bone to pick with me because he'd made me this playlist. Because I have a very specific taste of music and it's hard to find new stuff that really scratches the itch. And so Samuel was making me this playlist and yesterday he got in quite a major car accident and used this playlist to calm him down. The bone he had to pick with me was that I never followed him back on Instagram because he's a really controversial Instagram name that I didn't recognize was him. Um, and anyway, he made me this playlist and he got in a bad car accident and listened to it to calm him down. So there you go. You didn't ask for that, but you got it. <laughs> Duncan, and now you know one of your workers um, unsafe.
1: Unsafe. unsafe at any speed but that's <laughs> unsafe fine unsafe at
0: any speed <laughs> um, okay so now you know a little bit about Duncan and a little bit about Sam <laughs> a little bit about Samuel one other thing about Duncan is that he's not that extremely online so when I'm going to ask him his weirdest thing that he saw on the internet this week I
1: panicked
0: he, yeah okay so he he panicked a little Um, tell us why, tell us, tell us your ethos.
1: Well, so I, I mean, yeah, cause I, I don't know if I'm not, I'm not extremely online. Like I, I'm constantly connected to the internet. I'm an adult. Like I know, I know how this stuff works, but uh, about a year ago in consultation with you and some other people, I made this (laughs) deliberate, uh, move where I stepped away from all social accounts. Mm. I, they were just like grinding my gears and I was seeing a lot of people I knew and loved say things that seemed like bad faith or stupid and where I knew they were way smarter than I was just like this is this is just not good use of my fading you. cpu capacity I just need to just be but I will and, and I went through all of the sort of intended and unintended consequences that I thought I had like a a reasonable handle on it but the thing that I don't get and I and truly miss is weird. because I have like the internet habits it's not even of like a 75 year old like it's it's almost like a it's unshackled from social media so I I see the most normy stuff like I get a trillion sub stacks I go to news apps from famous publications I read magazines you know I I consume professionally made media by
0: oh you snob
1: I know (laughs) but I don't mean to like like, well I, I did in a way but like it's it it is weirdly like you just go oh that's that's the thing that's missing is and this is, isn't to
0: say you're not on the pulse like let's be real Duncan is incredibly connected like you send me things to read about to learn about but I am more connected to the memes and the weird stuff that's going on.
1: Yeah, I, I get it. I feel like I get it through you and through people I work with, but also I have three daughters aged 9 to 22 who both send me things and just sort of they've got the, they got the vibe in them in this way where it's just like you can feel it radiating out yeah. of their – you know, like when you watch Love Island, it's just like, oh, here's a new batch of slang. Yes, a, 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 specifically British yes. slang that kind of drops each each season. It's a similar kind of you get real-time updates on culture changing through them. But I just don't, I don't get the primary source now. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of second-order consequence.
0: That's kind of good. That's actually called protecting your peace. You're, you're setting yourself some boundaries, and you're just getting the good shit. I have to filter through so much mind-numbing stuff to get to some good things. One of the good things I did find is my weirdest thing of the internet this week. Tell me. It's this theory, and you will have seen it because I know you read the newsletter and everyone listening, you will have seen it too. Um, It's this theory that when you're a kid, like every kid, bar a few, whatever, um, had like a hyperfixation on something tragic when they were younger and someone sort of joked that you're either a Titanic girl a Salem Witch Trials girl, or a Anne Frank girl. Um, I was a Jonestown Massacre girl, but absolutely, like, do not know why. I, for some reason, wanted to do all my history projects on it, um, and it just gripped me in some weird way. It kind of makes sense. Everyone's into, like, culty stuff. Um, not everyone. A lot of people. But, Duncan, I wanted to know, did you have a weird tragic thing you were into as a kid
1: i, I did and, I, and i'll explain what it was but i want to know a bit more about your jonestown massacre piece like wh- where it came from and what because that's like a it's i th- almost like that thing should be more famous so like you should probably unpack what it is it's
0: basically Jones, the jonestown massacre and i can't even remember that much about it i think it was the people's temple or do you know much about it i mean I feel like I've blocked a lot of it out, but it's basically this guy was like a cult like cult leader, and everyone that came along to his quote unquote cult um, drank some Kool-Aid with poison in it, and they all died in like a collective suicide pact.
1: Yeah, and drinking the, the, the drinking the Kool-Aid 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 is is descended from yeah. that. I think it's a, it's quite it's quite a cool, I think it's a good modern one. Um, my, I did have two, I think that basically <laughs> I I found. The idea of mass vanishings really, like, they just buzzed me out. And the, the first – I was really into the Marie Celeste. I thought that was just – Don't know what that is. So it was a ghost ship that was found adrift, not, not a trace of the crew on board. Ghost ships in general are
0: – Okay. Bermuda Triangle actually was huge for me. Same. Simi- okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: But um, but the one that – the absolute top of the tree was um, the Roanoke Island Colony, which was basically like early European settlers in uh, in the U.S. way before it was the U.S. Basically, there was a colony, like hundreds of people left on this island, who when, when you know some some people returned to it the following year, just completely vanished without a trace. And this the thing that really got me. The hot was that there was this word carved into. I think it was a tree on the island. Samuel was also up on this. Um, cr- which just said Croton, and I don't know. It's it just got me because well, it's it is a tragedy, it's like but a it's Q a mystery drop. too. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. very Q drop. Um, except that you know you had to disappear three hundred people. <laughs>
0: yeah, and that's a lot of that's a lot. That's a lot of people. So there's no um, no answer to it.
1: I think there are theories
0: yeah naturally
1: but um but it basically i there was this like toilet book okay <laughs> you know you know the concept of a toilet no. book. no um, like
0: you read it when you're taking a shit
1: yeah it was basically before there were phones okay, the, yeah. these things were just stacked <laughs> in british bathrooms and um it was called I, I i can't believe it's true i think and there must have i've, I've seen this in multiple that walked
0: so ripley's believe it or not could run Pretty much. I mean,
1: they, they might have been simultaneous, but it was put out by St. Michael's, which I think was a parent company of Marks & Spencer, like iconic uh, UK Weird, like, supermarket yeah. department store. I'm going on too long with this. But it was <laughs> basically Always. just all these kind of two paragraph long, buzzy things, like, you know, and that some, most of them were real tawdry yeah. and silly, but there were just a few in there where you're like, holy shit, that's that's real, but that's, that's wild. And they all stand up. Like, yeah. It, 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 they were true.
0: I'd like a copy of that book. It's a hell of a book. Fuck. Okay. What's it called?
1: I think it's called a. a, a can't, can't Believe It's True. Okay. But that doesn't sound right. It's in that realm. Okay. I'll find it.
0: For someone that thought they were going to struggle with bringing a weirdest thing, you have some, that was a pretty weird, they were pretty weird things to be obsessed with.
1: Yeah, but pre internet, you know? Pre
0: internet. So basically, this podcast is no longer about internet culture. We're going back to just bathroom books, or toilet books, or whatever you call them. Um, Duncan, I want you to start us off this week with a news story.
1: Um, I, okay. Okay.
0: okay. Oh, I just want to preface: Duncan has come into this wanting to have no notes, like just going in off the top of his head. Whereas Squish and I always, you know, have our notes there to make sure that we're we're get know, getting shit right. <laughs> So don't come for us if he says anything um, out of pocket. No, I'm kidding.
1: Yeah, no, look, look, it's fair. I I just really like to podcast in the moment, you know. I I like to look my podcast, my my, uh, collaborators in the eye. I find a screen distracting. So the the thing I want to talk about has honestly been my obsession of the summer to the point where I had to go and, you know, we had like a little area of our campground where if you wanted to talk about this, you had to go to this like basically naughty chair. Was
0: it imposed not by you?
1: It was imposed by my wife, Nikki okay, yeah. Legend. Um, <laughs> just it, shut you up. It was just like you can't talk about Chat GPT because Chat GPT to certain people is really terrifying. Like so I we're start. talking
0: about Chat GPT. That's your obsession.
1: Well, that was my obsession the, the summer. Then the new there is a beat to it, which right. is that uh, CNET, which is a very well-known kind of technology aggregator type yes. type news site, has been using it to produce, uh, you know. Pieces. Dozens of stories over the past couple of months, which feels like both inevitable but also like a somewhat new thing. I mean, there, there's been AI stories. Do we talk about? Do we, do we need to explain Chat GPT at this yeah. point? Yeah,
0: we have a whole episode about Chat GPT, but just for the people that may not have listened to that, it's explain what it is real quick.
1: I mean, it, it's part of this this wave of consumer facing AI that that sort of swept the internet and buzz people out all through the second half of last year. So you had daily 2, Mid Journey, Stable Diffusion, which all the image generation, uh, AIs, and then ChatGPT came out, which was text-based, but I think the thing that kind of made it seem bigger than the others was, you know, A, it, it could do sort of plausible examples of things that are like journalism, so every journalist immediately shared themselves, which, you know, that's actually just kind of a narrow use case for it because it can also code and do all all kinds of other things. You know, it's been generating malware. Yeah. um, There's basically, if you can think about it and it existed on the internet prior to September 2021, then there's a decent chance that chat. GPT will either do a very sophisticated or at least a a decent facsimile of that thing. Uh, And, you know, the, this this story, which was, I think, broken by a uh, platformer and it was basically, it just felt like we're, we're walking into a future where the machines are going to generate increasing amounts of the content that we consume online.
0: And we might not know that they're what are creating these yeah. stories. Because I'm guessing that, weirdly, I was more worried at the beginning about um, Dali 2.0 and being able to put in a prompt and create a piece of artwork then i was um about chat being able to write the newsletter really? like that, because no and maybe this is a narcissistic thing because i was like oh no um ai can connect with my audience the way I can or, or crack the jokes that I can but if it learned from me long enough if it learnt from all my past newsletters and it maybe could have so when I read this story I felt like it was a really dunk story as well because it, if you're just doing a basic piece of journalism like I'm assume, assuming these CNET stories were what's to say that you actually can't just get well, they did get a program like this to write it for them.
1: Yeah, and it claimed that there were human editors vetting it. We've got no reason to to disbelieve that. So maybe it is just speeding up the process. And to be clear, there's been AI news for years. Like, you can basically put in like a, a baseball scorecard or or a basketball box score, and AI can do you a totally serviceable explanation of of what happened in the game. Financial news has had it based on oh. kind of market announcement for years. So. In that respect, it's not, like, completely new. I think it's the the sort of scale of, of what you can imagine that mm. feels different now.
0: Okay, so I think when Dunk comes on this podcast, something that he should watch for us is AI, which is his new obsession. But, but like, AI in news specifically I think is interesting because – I don't know. News is already fucking boring, if I'm going to be honest. And AI in news, to me, feels even more boring. So maybe it'll be good for us.
1: Well, it's, there, there is a, a world where it allows people to take some of the more, more boring bits of making news and frees up more time to do to make it more interesting, yeah, for example. True. My fear is that the the history of... The economics of news, not to get even more boring, Go on. <laughs> is that anything that can be automated away, instead of being used to free up more creative time to make news more interesting, is just actually to kind of make more reduce stuff? He- reduce headcount. Yeah. You know, be able yeah. to make news cheaper because of these these external forces acting on it, which okay. is all very cheery. But you know, I, I still I think you're right. Like ultimately, that in the um, sort of short to medium term. The relationship that people have with you, Lucy, and the kind of the style and scope, it's kind of unimaginable in the, that period of time that mm. you, it could be replicated. But but you know, all
0: journalism isn't like that personality-driven stuff, eh? So, and it shouldn't be either. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. Maybe I'll be safe and, and the BBC will all just be AI-generated news.
1: Yeah. It's. It, I mean, it's one of those things that like it's so enormous that it just kind of sits in your mind, and you need to see people using it. Well, right now, we're just such babies with this thing. To I, I think it's uh, it's definitely just definitely something to monitor.
0: And um, to finish off Dunk's segment, I actually think ChatGPT is dope. Like I actually am quite excited, only because I don't know. It feels like a tangible a tangible and interesting thing that might be able to take on Google in a weird kind of way. Yeah. But that, again, that's another, that's something that we'll watch. Something, look, we'll, we'll circle back on for you all. Whether it takes over Google, you'll know. And before we talk about it on this silly little podcast.
1: Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
0: Podcast. Okay, I'm going to do my first story. Tell me. And I thought of this headline and I wondered why I hadn't written it and why other people hadn't written it. And I'm hoping someone else hasn't, but they definitely will have. Um, Greta gets carried away. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> really good, right? Yeah.
0: And and I was like, damn, I'm. I've already talked about this, so I have to do a verbal headline with my good headline. Um, you have all probably heard or seen about this, so it's gonna be quick. But Greta Thunberg, who we all know is the climate activist that basically has to take the heat of every climate activist ever, because she's the one that we all know, Um, she was picked up and carried away alongside other activists during protests against the demolition of the coal village of Luzrath. Um, She was released after an identity check, which I imagine was a pretty easy (laughs) identity check. So like, just to tell you, the story's not huge. She was taken and then she was released. It was interesting because... Obviously, this is not a hot take, but without this, without her getting picked up and taken away, and in the photos, she looks so unbothered and like they went really viral, whatever. Without those photos, I wouldn't have known shit about the fact that um, this village is basically going to be cleared out to make way for a, a mine, to expand a mine, right? That is why people do these extra things that make headlines so that people like us learn about them. Via something like Greta Thunberg being taken away. Um, Dunk, this is, it's giving throwing soup on art, right? It's giving doing something cray to incite some sort of reaction or some sort of awareness. But like, is this the way?
1: Well, I have complicated feelings about this because I think, like, I think that, so, so for example, Extinction Rebellion has just announced an end to disruptive protest. Okay, so
0: you need to talk about what Extinction Rebellion is.
1: So, Extinction Rebellion is a basically a climate action protest group that okay. I think it was founded in the UK. There are, you know, it's one of those decentralized organisations. There. there are uh, branches of it in, in New Zealand now. They pioneered a lot of the, you know, the, the, these kind of very outrageous yeah like like basically stuff that 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 is designed to disrupt society to you know the the thinking was that if you can just make people aware of what is going on then they'll change their behaviors then there'll be policy changes so they glued themselves to motorways you know it's certainly if it wasn't them then it's it's of a piece with what they do they're throwing soup on uh masterpieces and so on but the reason that they have Announce an end to it, you know, is basically this, this idea that it, it might not actually, you know, be changing sentiment towards climate action. In fact, it might be hardening attitudes towards it.
0: So, has this group um, been like, we're not going to do shit like this anymore because it doesn't work? It's, well, it's been obviously because the climate is still changing, um, it hasn't really worked. It hasn't really influenced policy in the way that they thought it would. But I didn't know that, like the people at the forefront of this whole brand of protesting, had been like, "We're not doing that anymore."
1: I mean, on some level, it's like—is it dissimilar from you know, the IRA announcing, you know, which is the Irish Republican Army that was, uh, you know, for, ran a campaign of, of bombings um, through the seventies the and, and early eighties, you know, announcing a ceasefire? It wasn't that they stopped believing in the cause of Irish republicanism; yeah. it was that they on some level, decided that that wasn't the, the best method end. of achieving yeah. the ends. and I, I think that people, whether it's by research or deduction, figuring out how to do persuasion, mm. rather than by just yelling at people and telling them that they're awful, but sort of having them walk into the light, that's something I think about a lot. and mm. So I think that that Extinction Rebellion thing of of stepping away, I, it makes a lot of sense to me, and I'm curious to see where they go next, in terms of protesting a town being turned into a coal mine, though, that seems just like kind of meat and two veg, very normal protest, and I'm sort of like, yeah, you've got you got to keep doing that.
0: And I did see that um, they were protesting uh, this one little village being turned into a coal mine, but that was because the German government was either going to turn, like I think it was five other little villages into coal mines, and then they were like, okay, we won't do that, we'll just do this one. I mean, still turning one village into a coma is, like, not good. Just for the record, that's not good. Um, But, yeah, the government had already been like, oh, quid pro quo. Anyway, they were going to do five and then they did one.
1: It's (laughs) also complicated, right? Like, because part of the reason they're doing that, no doubt, is because they're addicted to Russian gas.
0: Literally, that was the next point. You took it out of my mouth. That's, yeah, they're having to do it because they relied so much on Russian gas that they don't have now because I don't know if you guys remember, but war in Ukraine is and, ruining everything.
1: And they, they, Russia's using, they call it the energy weapon, you mm-hmm. know, where, where you just deprive people of access to a thing they need to live to, to kind of further your geopolitical ends. Then there's this other thing. Did you see that Sweden found this giant deposit of rare earths which are used in the creation of a lot of the new, like, batteries and, um, you know, kind of the decarbonising of our transport systems.
0: Didn't do that.
1: But because, but it's going to take 15 years to actually start getting them out of the ground because the EU's environmental regulations make it really hard to open a new mine for rare earths, but obviously it's quite easy to open a coal mine. Mm. The stuff is all complicated. It's
0: all very complicated, but... I was going to say we don't shy away from it. yes, we kind of are because we're moving on from that really complicated point that Duncan just said. Something that was interesting though is obviously these activists are um, protesting this coal mine because they want to move to renewable energy. Now something that's not renewable energy but maybe sustainable energy um, nuclear energy and I know you've got a I know you've got a story for me on that.
1: Yeah, you're so gonna to have
0: to explain this to me in like a real explain like on five way. I think.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. I, I, I'm I'm not great at it. You are, and, and I'm really not. So maybe oh, poorly you cast might for be this fired. podcast. <laughs> what the fuck? I get? So uh, so right now, Davos is happening. What is that? So the World Economic Forum, which is where a lot of business and political leaders get together, and you know, in in at Davos in, in Switzerland, and they just. Try. They have earnest conversations where they try and address the the great kind of challenges of our age and opportunities of our age. It's very much a. It feels a bit washed now. It's very much a kind of globalization era.
0: What's the greatest challenge of your age?
1: I mean, it's like climate change of my age. <laughs> oh my god! It's like trying to figure out how to. I was going to say just not being able to keep up need. with memes. <laughs> yeah, not being able to keep up with memes. <laughs> there are bigger challenges for the world. Sorry. Uh. So. And and you know there's a there's basically the idea that pe- that that kind of thing is going out of fashion to yeah. begin with, but it's the uh, this there is still some kind of useful you know function to this in the sense that it's just hard to get these people in a room. Yeah. You see that with all of the client, the you know the cop um, conferences, con- conferences and so that on sounds. as well. So Oliver Stone, who's this. You know amazing film director who's gotten very weird let's let's be clear over okay. the last decade I've never heard of him so he he directed uh Platoon, like a classic 80's Vietnam War movie, okay. and just a whole bunch of, of really, really uh, exceptional films
0: and he's gotten weird
1: he's gotten weird, maybe he always was weird, but he started to really indulge his right. weirdness. that's always possible like he He made this series of like long form interviews with Putin, which okay. didn't really challenge. Putin's views, and obviously that hasn't aged well. No, that wasn't even that long ago. But anyway, he's just and and some of this is like, does the fact that he's the messenger make this thing less likely to succeed? But he's made a documentary oh. called Nuclear Now, which is basically a semi polemic, probably in the style of you know Al Gore's An Inconvenient Truth or Michael Moore's Bowling for Columbine. Yeah. Kind of that's the form. Basically saying if we want to do sort out climate change, we've got to use nuclear power. Yeah. And uh, I think that's an interesting thought.
0: I think it's interesting. I think the people will find it interesting as well because Squish spoke um, about the huge breakthrough in nuclear fusion um, like a few weeks ago. And it was the first time I'd ever heard of it and the first time that I had really sat and been like, okay, well, if things like protesting and creating awareness and all of us like recycling and shit isn't going to work, which, like, keep doing that, but it's probably not going to work on the scale that we need to reverse what's happening, then we need to be using science and technology and some amazing brains in the world. And then the fact that you could create energy out of – and, again, I'm not a scientist – um, but the fact that you could create extra energy out of like nuclear shit, whatever they were doing, felt like a real huge, like step forward. But then there's people that are still so against allowing nuclear energy. So I'm like, I actually don't know where I sit on it. Like it's probably good.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, if you like a huge amount of the the world's energy is is generated by nuclear I means, France in particular mm-hmm. has, has dozens of plants. The world is also really scarred by its relationship, not just to the, you know, the the bombs dropped on Hiroshima and, and Nagasaki, but also Three Mile Island, Chernobyl, and mm. uh, Fukushima. In terms of those, just acutely yeah. made us aware of the the downsides of these things, but. It's always hard with humans, right? Like you should try and assess these things on a net basis. And the net of having a huge amount of power with almost no carbon emission when we are sort of slowly dying from our emissions, it just feels Mm -hmm. like, you know, because we're talking right now in a country which has complete ban on all forms of nukes.
0: I was going to say, I can smell the uranium on your breath. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry. I don't know if that will land with many people, but definitely anyone that took my year 11 social studies class (laughs) will. No, but I think – so let me let me get this clear. Do you think people should watch this documentary?
1: No, probably oh. not. I, I really <laughs> – I don't feel like I can endorse something that's made by yeah, Oliver okay. Stone in 2023.
0: But should people start thinking about nuclear
1: I, energy? I, I basically think that nuclear energy needs to be something that we try and discuss in a rational way. I was that, going to
0: say divorced from all those huge events that have scarred –
1: well, they can be yeah. part of the conversation. Yeah. They just can't be so overwhelming that we can't have a, a yeah. conversation about it at all.
0: Mm. Okay, team, well, that's a lot of food. That's a lot of food for the, the face Tuckin's giving me right now. It's like, I think people are going to love this.
1: My, my thought is, <laughs> the face is, am I doing this right?
0: You are doing it. You are doing it com- <laughs> like completely right. Take that out, Ruby. No, Ruby, it's up to you. You, Ruby always leaves in shit that I ask her to take out so sorry if that we too. had a good sorry. one
1: on the fold with Samuel <laughs> I hope you don't mind oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> didn't yeah, take yeah. out me like coaching's interview subject in this like quite bossy like overbearing ways you can talk for longer this isn't a radio interview bro <laughs> went out with <laughs> the pod so Did to you? me that's mainly just crack up so <laughs> I, I hope you understand that, that uh, is Samuel cracker.
0: and you will not be editing this one no <laughs> i um okay dunk my last story for today actually not my second last story because i have a good news story as well um twitter briefly verified the taliban or some some members of the taliban so this is a super quick story and i'll give you a really quick refresher that you probably don't need twitter started this thing where you can pay for a blue verified tick it didn't go that well, but people still did it because um, it's fun, I guess, for some people to have a verified tick. So before you could pay for it, it was just for accounts that were considered active, notable, and authentic um, for the public interest. But since you could pay for it, anyone, that even people that weren't notable or authentic, could um, buy a blue tick. And a couple of members of the Taliban are... Uh, Briefly had one beside their names, which is just, it's honestly just kind of funny. Like, I don't know. It's obviously, okay, they are not to be devil's advocate, but these people are the. They were authentically. Yeah, like, like they were verified members of the Taliban. So, anyway, the head of the Taliban's um, Department for Access to Information, which is just a bizarre (laughs) fucking department. department. and the head of the media watchdog at the Afghan Ministry of Information and Culture both got the tick. Um, so I can't tell if, like, this is something that Elon would be into or not. Like, I can't tell. He probably liked it.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like this, there are certain news stories that have to be reported, but the the scale of them feels off. Yeah, like to me, this is an inevitability. As soon yeah. as they announce this program, all kinds of weird stuffs going to happen. And if I'm honest, I feel like the reporting on Twitter now is largely a result of Elon Musk kind of having the cult of his personality having moved from dude who makes electric cars and puts rockets in the sky to kind of right-wing or right-wing sympathizing troll, which has made journalism as a, and, and, you know, like a whole kind of, you know we're, we're interested in him but i sometimes think that news organizations we, we sort of start to be a little bit algorithm you know we we're, oh my we're God. second order move by the algorithm in that this like i was listening to radio new Zealand, you know our, our kind of public broadcast this morning and this was like in the prime time slot and i'm like this was this yeah story. and i'm
0: like this is this is a weirdest thing you see on the internet type vibe like this isn't this isn't Number one. I don't think even I reported about this in the newsletter.
1: Yeah. It just doesn't feel like this is it. shit show stuff. <laughs> it's
0: just lowbrow.
1: Yeah. Well, it's also just, it's just it's some stories though. are inevitable. Yeah. Like when it's announced, if you just game out, well, what's going to happen here? You know that's going to happen. I guess you report it. Yeah. It just doesn't matter that much.
0: No. this And thanks a lot for shitting on my news story. No, <laughs> no I'm kidding. Because I know when I want to have a quick, easy thing that I don't have to think too hard about. Because it's like a net click or nick net bad or a net good I'll fucking sometimes write about it but I did think like Twitter briefly verifying the Taliban I probably didn't even need to go into it so on the headline um of equal importance though my good news story this week and Duncan just t- to preface I haven't watched it and you don't need to go on for ages about it if you don't want but <laughs> Love Island is back that is a good news story because it Becomes my whole personality, and I haven't watched the first episode yet, but you have.
1: I have, I watched it last night.
0: Uh, is it gonna be good or?
1: I think so. It's this weird thing, like, um, because this is only my second season. End, oh,
0: yeah, you're new to Love Island. I am. Egg.
1: And so I, I know, shame. <laughs> it's just because it seemed like a huge commitment, like 50 hours or whatever, and now I'm like, I mean, it's that, better that, commitment that, than work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also just, I didn't realize the coziness of it.
0: Yeah, it's the bomb.
1: And, uh, I can't. This is real terrible. But everyone on it seems like a sort of a store brand version of last, oh. the last season's cast. Is that normal that it feels yeah. that way?
0: And and it feels that way until. I don't even. No, actually, it won't even change. It's, it gets really hard to distinguish between seasons because they are all like a slightly more wanna-be influencer version of the last season. So it's
1: just the it's a very archetype-driven. It's a cast yeah. show, even down to the type.
0: But you still will feel the connections by the end of it that you felt last season. I can't even remember who was on last season, so I not who Double, won.
1: Double Day Nick and so. Oh,
0: yeah. That was a fucking good season. This one's interesting, though, because not even your families are allowed to control your social media on this one.
1: That That's a big change. Which I
0: like, because what happened last year and what's been happening for the past few years was families would try and explain the behavior of – it's not up to them. <laughs> no! They're trying to explain the behavior like when Jax was treating Paige like shit. And they said, well, look, he's actually got ADHD. And then everyone in the ADHD community was like, you cannot lump us in with Jax's behaviour. So I think it's actually a good move that families don't have control anymore.
1: Yeah, I think... Well, you can feel them start to be aware of... I'm going to make a quick recommendation here. BBC did this podcast called Unreal, which is like a 10-part mm. sort of history of reality TV. It's so good. Great Rick. And they... Basically, like they did, I think maybe one or two episodes on Love Island, and and where they really went through all just just how messed up it is. But you can, you can feel back up if
0: you want on here no. on this podcast. You couldn't oh, no. possibly. You couldn't possibly,
1: my daughters my <laughs> But uh, <laughs> the you can feel the show responding to the criticism in it. Uh, the the the. Do you remember la- last season? This is the first time I saw it. Where the public paired everyone up, and it was just oh, like. Yeah. Did they, did they do that again? This no, year? They, okay. they've dropped that. Okay. It's, like, it's a sort of a Yankee swap version of that, I which maybe is – that, that's where you basically – the person who comes in can choose whoever oh, yeah, they want, yeah. even if they've been coupled up. Yep. Is that normal? That's normal. Well, that's back. And it's back to that. It's <laughs> real tense, but real fun to but watch. Yeah. And marginally less – objectively bad for society than the public pairing people up according to
0: yeah according to like if they look similar basically yeah. it's like you know the brother and sister thing where it's like you date someone that looks like yeah, your sibling yeah, basically. Siblings dating. yeah. <laughs> anyway it's back it's a great news story for us because it means we cannot think about um elon musk or nuclear energy for like an hour a Whole night
1: hour a night
0: love that for us um and if you love dunk and you just can't get enough of him You know that you can find him on The Fold, or writing for the spin-off, and hopefully sometimes writing for Shit You Should Care About in our newsletter, or on The Real Pod. He's basically everywhere, so fair enough if you don't want to go in there
1: (laughs) Totally, totally fair.
0: And if you want to hear more from me, you should go and listen to Culture Vulture. And we are going to be doing a Love Island um, chat in our Substack chat. So if you're watching along with us, get in there. Give me all your hot takes. That's all I want. I want that one hour to be extended to four hours a day where I don't have to think about work. And don't you got anything else to say to the people?
1: No, I'm just really stoked, stoked to be here. Uh, thanks for having me Aww. on Lucy. Ernest. Yeah. yeah.
0: So earnest. Bye, everyone.